You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. And we have a fun-filled show for you today. And we're actually going to talk about Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets and, and how he allegedly suggested players start their own league. I believe that Kyrie is on to something here regarding this new league. Issue may be that it's coming from Kyrie, especially with his position in the union and the apparent lack of communication with union leadership. Keep in mind, this is the same Kyrie that allegedly wanted out of the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, before LeBron became a free agent. And if he did, listen, I actually don't blame him. Uh, this is the same Kyrie that appeared to have issues in leading the Boston Celtics. Uh, we all remember that playoff run where uh, he was injured and didn't appear to be on the bench as much. Celtics went on to the uh, conference finals in 2018. Uh, and actually took the Cavs to seven games. Following year, they got bounced out in the conference semifinals by our, our very own Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Bucks winning that series four games to one. If I recall correctly, the Celtics won that first game, and the Bucks went ahead and swept them basically the rest of the way. Yeah, that was uh, the infamous so, Paul Pierce prediction that the Celtics are going to beat the there Bucks. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Allegedly, every Bradley is part of the coalition and he mentioned the ask and uh, requirements to be addressed before the start of this new bubble season. And I can't say that I disagree with them uh, on some of these things. And according to ESPN reports, Bradley and the Players Coalition, air quotes, they described several priorities, one being hiring practices being approved for black front office positions and also head coaching candidates, uh, making it so the league's management better reflects its composition of players, uh, donations to organizations serving black communities and partnerships with black owned businesses and arena vendors. Again, this is reported by ESPN. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm a fan of the league, uh, whether or not the new business venture emulating the NBA succeeds or not is contingent on those starting the league players involved and many other factors, including support from the fans and yeah it's uphill battle it's an uphill climb but out of that can be players and others becoming franchise executives or chairmen i don't necessarily like using the term owner uh, which the barriers of becoming such in the nba is very high uh, jordan being being the exception so as basketball is a global sport uh, why couldn't there be multiple leagues in the u.s even successful leagues that offers options i mean let's think about it here for a moment we have Lamelo ball who used to play for uh, the australian team uh, and doing just some quick research and what i did find uh pretty fascinating but Lamelo ball who played over in australia came very interested in uh, becoming a executive a franchise executive of uh, the actual team that he played for. Uh, and so the question is, why wait to become 
a franchise is exited. The big thing here, I believe, is really about opportunities or the yeah. lack thereof. There's only 30 NBA teams in the uh, NBA, only 30 opportunities to become a franchise executive or chairman. Now, listen, I, I get it. Uh, we, we tried this with the ABA, what some call gimmicks, gimmicks of the three-point line. And then you remember this, the red and white. Well, you probably don't remember this. We probably, we actually saw it on posters yeah. and stuff <laughs> like that. So we're not, we're not that old. We're not that seasoned or anything like that. But I do recall seeing highlights of when the ABA was happening. We had the red, white, and blue basketball, that run-and-gun style. Uh, yes. in the ABA. But let's look at who was the first commissioner of the ABA. George Mikan. Yep. George Mikan actually in, came was the first commissioner and he introduced the three-point line and that trademark red, white, and blue basketball. And for those another, of you who do not know who George Mikan is, look him up. Look him up. Uh, I'm going to give you another name. Dave DeBuscher. He was the last commissioner of the ABA. Uh, Dave DeBuscher, uh, for those who don't know, he was a star on the New York Knicks championship team. Uh, he actually had a job as a VP and a GM of the then New York net of the ABA. So opportunities were, are plenty. I mean, as long as you create the opportunities. So really is Kyrie really off here? And granted, yes, it's coming from Kyrie, but the thought process that he has is let's go ahead and and take the talent that we have. Let's go ahead and create our own league. And let's go ahead and create our own opportunities to where we can become GMs. We can become VPs. We can become some franchise executives of our own league. Now, will this be as successful as the NBA? Don't know, but why not try? Going back to LaMelo Ball, unfortunately, he, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to put it, yes, he did put together a team to go and become a franchise executive of the team that he played for in Australia. Some of the news, some of the information that I am doing research on has led me to Brian Colangelo had an ownership stake, and he actually was part of a team that ultimately bought out that same team that LaMelo Ball was going for. So the same person who was an executive, i.e. president, of basketball operations for the Philadelphia 76ers now has an ownership stake in this Australian team. This is the same team that LaMelo Ball played for, tried to become the uh, franchise executive to be beat out by uh, Brian Colangelo, who was a part of a team that ultimately bought it, ultimately became um, the franchise executive of that team. Here's here's my point, Danny. I believe Kyrie Irving is really on to something here. We, we're talking about, in the United States, there's the wealth gap, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we're, we're obviously talking about the top 1% centers and then, you know, those who are not as fortunate. Same could be said about even those multimillionaires who would like to become billionaires. If that is their aspiration, if that is their goal, one of the ways to go about doing that is to, in a sense, acquire assets, that being an ownership stake in a franchise. If there are only 30 opportunities in the United States to do that, then these multimillionaires, these uh, smart individuals, these smart business persons are going to end up going outside the United States to seek these opportunities. So I don't think Kyrie Irving was really far off here when he suggests starting a new league, especially if the current 
franchise executives in the NBA are going to be so for multiple decades. Yep. Like, let's think about uh, who's the Dallas Mavericks uh, owner right now. Mark, Mark Cuban. How long, how long has he been a franchise executive? Over 10 years. The point here is if they remain franchise executives for multiple decades, and they usually keep it in the family. Yes. Because that's, that's generational wealth, possibly. Look at the Lakers. Look at the Lakers. The Bus family. How long? That was back in the 70s, late 70s. Jerry Buss has had them. And if you look at the ownership today, the only time someone's getting ousted as an owner is if they do something such as what Donald Sterling was accused of. Otherwise, if you're a franchise executive, you why would you want to sell your team? This thing is it's the greatest investment in the world right now. Why would you want to give it up? So there's no there's no way for anyone else to own a team to actually, you know, provide those opportunities for ownership or, and there may be minority stakes and things like that where someone gets a little piece of the pie, Mm -hmm. but to have the whole pie and be running all the shots and everything like that, that's not going to present itself unless the person who owns the team just up and sells it to a group. But then there's a whole bunch of criteria. Right to be met in order to Mm -hmm. take that team over. Mm -hmm. So like when Sterling was fired, Ballmer came in and he's loaded. So, but what was the criteria? What was the criteria to get to get the team? Exactly. So, and we talking about Steve Ballmer, who was CEO of uh, Microsoft. Yes. On the board of Microsoft, Buku Dollars, right? Yeah. Allegedly, there were uh, individuals who were trying to put together a team. Uh, I want to say one was Oprah. Yes. Um, to to purchase the Clippers. I think another was uh, allegedly uh, Floyd Mayweather. Here again, man, you have Steve Ballmer who have, has Buku dollars. So here again, the price tag is extremely high, first of all. Yep. The valuation of these franchises are extremely high. So why not? And, and kind of going back to the Lakers, right? It's been in the Buzz family. This is say because Magic came in in what seventy nine. Seventy nine, yes. Who could forget, man? That first, that his rookie year, man, when he had <laughs> forty two, fifteen, and seven, or something like that in the fi- in the final game. With Kareem being injured. Come on, man. Come on. And I think that's when that was Buzz's first draft pick. So let's just say eighty for sake of argument here. It's twenty. It's twenty twenty now. I mean, you're looking at the Lakers franchise has been in the Buzz family for about 40 years. So does Kyrie really have it right? Or should I say, is he on to something? I think he is. I really do. I think there's, if you create the opportunity to have a basketball franchise, increase the value of that franchise and then sell it off. That's it. That's a hell of an opportunity, man. That's a hell of an opportunity. Um, and so I think Kyrie's on to something. It's just that it's coming from Kyrie. If they were to start a new league, they have to have the stars come to the league for in order for it to be successful. It can't be a G League-esque type league. Mm-hmm. 
because that's not going to float. It's not going to get the marketing dollars, in my opinion, to be successful. It may be a stepping stone to then make it broader, right? Because you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be successful in maybe a year or two. You need five to 10 years to get established. But then this is the opportunity, which we've talked about in the past, where players who may want to own as they're get, getting ready to retire or they may want to retire early to have the opportunity to take that, own a team or whatever the case may be, it would provide that opportunity. It just, like I said, in order for success, though, overall, that's where you need the stars. Guys have the opportunities to play all these different roles. Down the line, they're partnering with the NBA. Um, Just as the NBA is really starting to spread its wings in Africa uh, with the African League, um, pulling and developing talent uh, on a different continent, I think this new league can do the same thing. I think there's ample opportunities here uh, if it's done right. And I think that's the main thing here. If it's done right, it can actually work. Yep. And and who's the face of the league? So it has to be someone credible that people trust that can pull it off. Man, you know what you know what they can do, man? They can man, it'd be a cool marketing campaign if you got the likes of Dr. J, Spencer Haywood, you got Iceman, those who used to play in the ABA. And I don't know what, what the new league would be called, but man, you can just start start it with them um, as mentors, if you will. Um, I mean, there's so many opportunities here, man. Heck, you can even create your own channel. NBA has done it. This new league can do it. Start your own channel. You know, I mean, there's a lot of different ways. And it doesn't have to be this new league would be as valuable as the NBA. Right. I mean, we just talked about the Clippers getting uh, or Steve Ballmer buying the Clippers for two billion dollars. And then you have in New York, the Knicks. The Knicks are valued at about four or five billion dollars, if you will. Yes, that is correct. Um, and so what happens if, you know, in this new league, you just started off at two hundred million dollars? And then you just increase the value to a billion dollars and then it's sold. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities here. Uh, I, I think it's, t- it's time to take a look at that. So I don't think Kyrie was off. Yep. No, I agree with you, Jay. I think it's something that when they're in the bubble, they can talk about it. I don't know, I don't know if Kyrie going to be there due to his injury. <laughs> <laughs> so that may be part of why, uh, part of the reason – some of the angst came from his way, but mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely something they can definitely consider. They have enough brain power to generate that and enough support, I think, now. Um, where a lot of these guys, where some of the NBA players are owning soccer teams and mm-hmm. being part of ownership teams that way. Mm-hmm. So it's a way to break the norm. Too. And like I said, if the talent were to walk away from the NBA, like some of the bigger stars, then that actually supports the idea because they're supporting it. It's not just, like I said, it's not a lower level league. It may be at the beginning, but if you start pulling people, that'll turn some heads. People are going to want to market it. 
Mm-hmm. People are going to want to sign deals. Well, let's think about it like this. LeBron has made it clear that he does want to be a franchise executive of a team. So if he can't do an NBA, why not go to this new league? And then, you know, LeBron could go ahead and recruit players to, to his team or to this new league. KD also wants to be a franchise executive or chairman. Mm-hmm. Can't do an NBA, go to this new league and then go ahead and recruit some of the great players. You can you now have it where uh, Mamba uh, Academy, I think they recently changed the name, but uh, they have it where, or even in the G League, um, this new league within the G League, in mm-hmm. where those players are just going there for a year or whatever, and they're primed and ready to go. And they can go ahead and, and go to a different league. Um, and, and also, I think there's opportunities here, man. I really do. We don't know what this bubble is going to really be like. We have Brogdon getting tested positive. We have uh, Jokic getting tested positive. Uh, NBA did do a good thing in that they had this testing period and then they wait 14 days before the team's report to Orlando. But we just don't know what this bubble situation is really going to be all about. Listen, if a team is in a hotel, how is the hotel going to be managed? The people at the front desk, are they going to stay at the hotel too? Or are they going to be allowed to go home and then come back to the hotel? The the persons that are cleaning the rooms, are they going to be able to stay in the hotel, quarantine? Or do are you going to be able to go home and then come back? That's a whole, Those are multiple variables that we're talking about there. What about uh, food? Are they going to have their own chefs? And then now you have it where each player has their own set. I mean, so it's just so many different variables that we're that we're looking at that we just don't know what this bubble situation is really going to be like. So I'm real curious as to how this is going to be handled. Avery Bradley, a starter for the LA Lakers, has decided that he didn't he doesn't want to go. So yes. what the Lakers going to do? Are they going to go ahead and get J.R. Smith, fill in the void, fill in the gap? Who else? Uh, I think I forget the uh, young person's name over for the Washington Wizards, but he decided. Oh, Bertrands, Davis Bertrands. There you go. So he decided, okay, I'm not going to, you know, go to Orlando. Honestly, can't necessarily blame him because Washington Wizards not going to advance in no playoffs, man. Let's just be real. <laughs> Let's just be real, man. And he's up for a big contract. So in a sense, why put my why put yourself in that position to where you may. You go down there in this abnormal situation. You're risking injury. You're risking possibly your new contract. There's just a whole lot of variables here that when they thought about the bubble concept initially, great concept, but man, all these other variables start coming coming about. Obviously, with the uprising that's happening in the United States right now, NBA players wanting to be a part of it. Uh, voice their uh, thoughts and opinion and uprise. Those situations are, you know, are variables because now you're amongst the people, you're amongst people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not in any way discrediting them for doing that. 
uprising and protesting, making your voice heard. That is their right. So I, I totally get it and I totally agree with them on it. Um, having said that, in the midst of the pandemic, uh, being around a lot of people, some wearing masks, some not wearing masks, and now potentially getting into this bubble situation, it's just a lot of variables there. And I don't necessarily know how it's really going to work. Now, you haven't heard anything from LeBron. LeBron, you know, he's probably working out. He's saying, man, look, I understand the protest, but I'm trying to get this fourth championship ring. And he's still been vocal on social media. Mm-hmm. So he's been a part of it. And I think that's where with the bubble, they still will have a voice mm-hmm. and they still can work together amongst each other during that time. I think your point of how are people being controlled from the hotel staff and chef that are important? What's Are they signing a contract that they're going to be there for three months? No, those are key factors. I know they're testing right now. Today is June 24th um, to make sure that as the teams are starting to come through, with them testing and doing all this testing that they're planning to do and being proactive, Mm-hmm. They're, only, they're their only sport right now that's looking at the bubble concept. Everyone else, like you said, golf, are these, I'm assuming these players are going home and NBA players are just going to be stuck. It's just a matter of anyone else from the outside coming in. Listen, NBA players are going to be stuck, man. Like we said about the golf. So now you're having golfers dropping out primarily because either their family members uh, have tested positive for COVID or caddies have tested positive for uh, COVID. Uh, this is all allegedly. And then also the concern of other uh, golfers ha- having it. So a sport that doesn't require you to have any contact to compete um, in golf, golf courses, you can be yards and yards and yards away from each other. Uh, but in that particular sport, players, golfers are now starting to uh, drop out. So and then now you have the NCAA f- football. Um, I know that in our HBCU sports, uh, you have some games being canceled. There are several things, and this is what, only June? We're still talking about June. We still have yes. at least in to get to college football. We have what, a couple more months to get to college football. End of August. So <laughs> this thing is ever changing week by week. And in college football, uh, I forgot what school it was, but they decided to not have any more practices or workouts for like 14 days. Yes. There, there are many people on that team, on, on the team, football team, that have actually gotten COVID-19. So, it, man, this is just changing day in and day out. Um, so we'll see what happens. The point, I think, is if the NBA players are not amongst the people, Meaning friends, they're not going out to bars or clubs. Man, come on, Danny. You know what the deal is. <laughs> but they, you know what the deal is. But they, they're, they're, down, not they're, down, they're not supposed to. Listen, right? they they're down in Orlando and they need to get rid of rid of that that one rule, that snitch rule. Oh. That call that call in number, <laughs> that hotline, the snitch line. Yeah, buddy. They need to go ahead and get rid of that, man. Well, because people can use it to their advantage depending on where they're at. If it's a playoff exactly. scenario and they all someone calls and say, oh, Superstar X over there was doing X, Y, Z, is the NBA going to punish them? Come on. Exactly. I mean, this is, just imagine if somebody calls this niche line uh, on Giannis. 
hey, Giannis was down down in the uh down at the bar, man. I mean, so how does that work? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. If if like the college students, like a lot of them have been being college students. They've been mm-hmm. at the bar amongst the people where they're not in a controlled environment. Whereas the NBA players, at least it's somewhat controlled environment. Like the golfers, it's not a controlled environment. If they're traveling and mm-hmm. they get to go home and things like that, where they can just pick it up, depending mm-hmm. on where they're at. Mm-hmm. At least the NBA is trying to control the uh, environment and keep everybody contained. Like baseball, they're they're going to be as is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where they're going to try to contain everything to regions or your uh, mm-hmm. division area for travel and stuff. But mm-hmm. there's no travel involved with the NBA either. So that's where I'm curious. The only thing that can get them is bringing people in. Look, man, all I got to say is it's going to be July down in Orlando. You got the it's, it's entertainment in Orlando. And that's the sacrifice that the players will have to make to be uh, NBA champions, if they're really serious about it, then they don't have to be bubbled up and they're not going to be able to go out and, you know, entertain themselves that way. That's the price of becoming an NBA champion um, this go around. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. And, and in that, I don't think there needs to be an asterisk uh, on this season. The no, fact that no. they're, the fact that they're going to this bubble and they are putting their health at risk. Let's just be honest. They have stopped playing since March, and they start. They're starting back in July. Limited work, working out, workout equipment. There's a whole lot of variables there in order to finish out this season to be king of the mountain. Yep. So, uh, I don't think there needs to be an asterisk by this season um, no, due man. to this pandemic. So, no, I agree, Jason. I think if anything, man. This is tougher than a regular 82-game season than the playoffs just due to all the different factors involved this season. Mm -hmm. Starting up, stopping, not being at home, no home court advantage, no fans, no inspiration, except for do you want that championship? So I look at a player, say like Westbrook, the Rockets. They're going to be highly inspired from the outside looking in. They're rested. James Harden has been dogged for being flaming out by game six and seven in some of these series. So the Rockets could be a really dangerous team. We'll get into that later as we're preparing for the playoff um, predictions because we have to revisit that because we had our pre-COVID. Now we have our bubble predictions. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.